This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, O Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. Politics, politics program for February 10th, 2023. Your old pal Justin Robert Young here. Oh boy, we are going to unpack everything that happened in the State of the Union this week. We got a big, fat, meaty old chat with Mr. Bill Share to, uh, you know, not only go over the State of the Union, we touch on a little bit of the debt ceiling, and we get into a little bit of primary gamesmanship. I think we mostly agree, but we have some differences on the State of the Union, and we have some differences on DeSantis versus Trump. Enough of me jabbering. Let's go ahead and get into it. But first... Bill, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure. So a couple of things, you know, sort of big picture with the State of the Union, because the State of the Union is the State of the Union. Like, I mean, you've seen a State of the Union, you kind of, you know, the 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 uh, it is it, variations on a theme, although there were a few things that I thought were interesting. Let's start with the idea of where this State of the Union is. The beginning of the electoral cycle, the beginning of a re-election campaign for Joe Biden. How do you feel this speech fit in with the idea of resetting his accomplishments and looking forward toward 2024? Well, let's compare it to other Democratic presidents who've been in the same circumstance. It it is very common for a Democratic president in his third year to face... Uh, a Republican takeover in one or both chambers of Congress. And you often see recalibration in those moments. Uh, Bill Clinton, in his 1995 State of the Union, pledged to cut spending by $130 billion and and work more on deregulation. Uh, Barack Obama, 2011, uh, said that he was prepared to freeze domestic spending, which is an effective cut relative to to inflation, to help to help cut the deficit. Um, Joe Biden does not do that. No, Joe Biden not. does not pledge to cut any spending at all. Joe Biden says, "Look at my awesome record for the last two years. <laughs> I've already cut the deficit. I've made all these great investments. I'm going to do more investments. Uh, I'm going to protect Social Security and, Med- and Medicare. Uh, uh, we're going to re- we should raise the debt limit without having with as a clean without any drama whatsoever." It is 100% defiant. Yes. There is no concession. There is no apology. Uh, it is just, uh, I'm Joe Biden. Come come get me. Uh, it, so I, I don't see a, a, a redefinition so much uh, no. as, as a doubling down on what has got him there in the first place. To me, it felt like the redefinition was last year's State of the Union because last year's mm-hmm. State of the Union was the one that effectively kind of reshifted their expectations from some of the Build Back Better stuff. You saw uh, the themes that you saw again last night with c- taking the air out of the defund the police stuff and talking a lot about mm-hmm. brave cops. Uh, uh, it seemed like... He very much enjoyed what happened from last year to this year. He feels like that has put him on the track that, A, they had the 2022 that they had. So electorally, he's got proof in the pudding. He does not feel that the Republicans are on a strong footing. And so I think you're right. The the, the note that I wrote down was, at times, this was about as comfortable as I've seen him in a public setting 
including mm-hmm. speeches where he's set up to look confident. He looked more confident mm-hmm. at times in this moment. I think that also tended to get him in trouble, but I, I wanted to uh, mm-hmm. uh, agree with you there. I, I do think that this was absolutely not a, hey, let's let's work together, kumbaya. This was, mm-hmm. uh, uh, no, I'm the boss. You should know I'm the boss. <laughs> and this is what the boss says. Well, yes, although I do want to... Let me add to that, um, because I think it was very confident uh, and very comfortable, but not grandiose. This was not here is like every progressive wish list idea I can I can think of that I've thrown into this speech. No, um, this was not. This is not. Let's do build back better three point out. There's a little bit of hey, let's bring back the child tax credit. Hey, let's guarantee a living wage. But it was so it was so much in passing. Like you know, he's not getting those things through the Republican no, House, and he no, didn't no, lean no. into the He le- leans in hard on the junk fee elimination act. Yes, <laughs> uh, uh, how we're going to stop two hundred dollars surcharges when you switch cell phone plans, and you're not going to get uh, up upcharged when you book a hotel room. Uh, there was that was very you know let's let's talk about something that the average person can get not something that's going to make the activists go over the moon, uh, but he's also at the same time you know not conceding things to Republicans which would make the which that would make the progressives really upset. Yes. So you you he maintains party unity while scaling back uh, the agenda. Uh, and on the flip side, Kevin McCarthy, in the run up to this State of the Union, he's inching away from his far right flank. He supposedly got this gavel by pledging to push for a balanced budget in 10 years. Yeah. But when he spoke the day before the State of the Union, he gave a debt limit negotiation you know, marker type yeah. address. He said, we should move towards a balanced budget. Move towards is not 10 years. <laughs> uh, move towards is very vague. Uh, there's 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 no red line that he is drawing with Joe Biden beyond cut some spending. Well, let's somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I want to get to I want to get to a whole debt limit thing uh, a, a little bit later. But I do I do agree with you. The the point with Biden, like you said, he did not go all in on the progressive stuff. But to be totally honest with you, that's been the most surprising part of the Biden administration thus far is that he did give the 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 progressive wish list a shot in the first year and it didn't really go so well. And now Mm -hmm. we're kind of seeing what I expected from Biden, which is the kind of LBJ model of what can we pass? I I know the Mm -hmm. Senate. I know the house. Mm -hmm. I know Congress. Let's put things that are in the center enough that my party is happy to push them. The Republicans have to think twice about opposing them and we will get as many things through so I can have a gigantic list of things that I did legislatively by the time that I am out of the White House. And that seems like where he is now. And a lot, you know, a lot of that speech in the front end was bipartisan, bipartisan, bipartisan. He was very much uh, he leaned into bipartisanship, I think, more than he has for his entire presidency. Yeah, I mean, he was always a huge bipartisan before he was president. Yes, um, but with with Democratic control of Congress, there was a lot less of that talk. Some of it, but it, 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 the ratio was tilted towards going big. This was really leaning into we can get things done together. The public wants us to get things done together, and yet the elbows are there. He yes. he, he 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 baited them in the speech. By tweaking them on the the debt that Trump ran up, by pointing out, hey, some of you guys, you want to sunset Social Security and Medicare. I mean, then this, of course, was the most dramatic part of the whole speech. Yes, where he says, some of you guys want to do this. They start booing and howling. He says, well, I know it's not most of you, but look, I'll yes. show you the thing. And, and what he's referring to is Senator Rick Scott's plan, which he yes. put Senator Rick Scott, Senator from Florida. He was head of the National Republican Senatorial. Uh, campaign committee, um, he put out a plan, and one provision was to sunset every law on the books every five years and repass them. If they're so good, then we'll repass then them. Then we'll repass and them. Democrats, yeah. Right. And Democrats immediately jumped on and then said, Well, that means you sunset Social Security Medicare every five years. That's insane. Uh, and then the Republicans started running for the hills. So, you know, in the past, 
couple of weeks, you had Donald Trump saying, hey, Republicans, don't mess with Social Security Medicare. Do not touch it. Kevin, yeah. Kevin McCarthy says, Social Security Medicare, let's take them off the table. Here comes Biden ignoring all that. Yes. Dredging up Rick Scott's plan, not by name. Well, uh, by the way, Rick Scott for in. whom Rick Scott for whom got pulled off some of his committees because he tried right. to push for Mitch McConnell's ouster right. and was doing stuff like that during the 2022 campaign. Right. Uh, uh, so yeah, he is he is not he a, has gone, not a team gone player. Rogue. Yeah, <laughs> right. And Biden's trying to be a little fair. It's like, hey, look, I know it's not most of you guys, but they're all howling and booing. And then Biden says, well, I guess I guess we all want to not, not just Social Security and Medicare. And everyone applauds. And McCarthy applauds. So, yeah, McCarthy already said it. But by optically, it looks like Biden orchestrated it I, in real I, time. I, I will push back a little bit on that. I, I, I did not think that that was a particularly strong moment for oh, I Biden. I, 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 I feel that it was it was chaos in an otherwise. I mean, if if what he wants to do is be the bipartisan guy. And I do believe that in his heart of hearts, you don't change your stripes. He is the same guy that was in the Senate. We know that his his goal is to get things over, over the finish line. And that means working bipartisan. This seemed more like chaos that he was inviting that is hearkening back to other you know, less uh, uh, buttoned up moments for which I think he wants to be his I, his entire brand that got him to the White House was this is the tranquility for which you were promised. This is an, an answer to the Trump administration. And this seemed like more chaos than what we had seen before. Some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you anybody who doubts it. Contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. Uh, I do disagree, uh, particularly in this in this respect. Um, I mean, one, I think he essentially locked in like McCarthy said it before, but now the caucus has bought in in front of your eyes. So there's no way, no how this is going to go anywhere at this point. Sure. Um, I mean, or, yes, yes. And but everybody had already agreed, you know, that was always allowed. Right. More importantly, Biden's standing in the Democratic Party is always a little bit tenuous. You know, it's he true. definitely did himself, a, did himself a world of good with the midterm. So having as good a midterm as the Democrats had, that quieted a lot of primary talk. I think it's it's very tricky think, for think, someone to be killed, the first. It killed the primary talk, to be totally honest with you. You know, I would have said that 48 hours ago. And then you had this Washington Post poll that said, all these people don't even know what Biden did. That's uh, Trump's, that, that, Trump's that's beating. Early. No one's no Trump, one's going to have. Yeah. Go well, ahead. Hold on. Hold on. Trump's beating. Trump's beating Biden by three points in this one. Uh, it wasn't going to like make G.B. Pritzker all of a sudden announce her president the next day. But let's say, for example, Biden had a classic disjointed, stammery, boring laundry list. Uh, maybe with some concessions that make progressives mad. Might that have said, oh, geez, the wheels coming off of this guy. Maybe we got to start talking about pulling someone off the bench. This is Biden being agile in the moment, handling hecklers, going off script without seeming like he's out to talk about weird record players and you know yeah. stuff that everyone's rolling their eyes about. He seemed someone who, we got chaos. We have polarization. Here's Biden 
calm and confident and navigating that storm. That puts Democrats at ease. This guy can handle it. He's not out to lunch. He's not swimming in his drool. He knows what's he knows what these guys are up to and he's handling it. I I, I think you are right to say that we have the soft bigotry of low expectations with Biden at all times, right? Because sometimes (laughs) he can look so out to lunch. Uh, uh, Even in this speech, there are just elements of his speech pattern that that still unnerve me and have have unnerved <laughs> me since the 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 2020 primaries. Uh, uh, that being said, this was not him totally, uh, uh, you know, uh, wandering all around the room and and <laughs> confusing people with what he was saying. I don't. Uh, we, we we will have to agree to disagree that I, I, I don't. I don't think that this was him showing himself to be. Uh, uh, in control. I, I do think that he was he was kind of in the mud a little bit. But let me ask you this. So I okay. want to I, I wrote down a list of performative nonsense happening during either states of the union or joint sessions of Congress, which are basically states of the union in your in your first right. year. Yes. Uh, I've got 2009. Joe Wilson shouting, you lie to Barack Obama when he said that uh, Obamacare would not cover illegal aliens, which is funny. He used the phrase <laughs> illegal was, aliens. Right. That was the September 2009 address. That wasn't even the January when he first came into office. Yes. That was, that a, was, special, that was, that was a special joint, session. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, so there was the July. There was, of course, 2019. We have Nancy Pelosi's viral sarcastic <laughs> clap for for Trump. Then 2020, she has the sequel, which is ripping the speech uh, behind <laughs> Donald Trump. And then this one, we don't, I mean, I guess the iconic image is Marjorie Taylor Greene in her Ric Flair robe uh, screaming. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that became the iconic kind of uh, visual of it. <laughs> But there, everybody was yelling. So it's not like anyone's going to get credit or blame for being the one to start start screaming. Uh, where do you rank this, and do you see an escalation? I mean, as a lover of political theater, I think this is fantastic. We <laughs> we read all this stuff before the speech. Oh, state of the unions are so stupid. Why why do we even have them anymore? Why can't we go back to the 19th century when there were just written messages? It's all stodgy ritual <laughs> that no one I would tell on speechwriters and laundry list that nothing ever comes to bear from. Um, this was, I mean, what a, I enjoy it as a love of political theater, but yeah. there is, but there is re- political relevance to it. This is, this is the party showing themselves and seeing how people handle, uh, unexpected unscripted uh events uh so just to reemphasize you know i i think it solidifies biden staying in the party that that, that he doesn't go off the rails when this happens this makes you know here's kevin mccarthy you know in, in some respect i think he is solidifying his position in the party by inching the party away from untenable positions but he's also trying to be the den mother here yeah. uh, and or the, or the or the principal what have you uh say he told this folks ahead of time behave yeah. Don't make a spectacle. They didn't listen. Uh, Biden can still provoke them, uh, which you know, they need to take a lesson from that. Maybe we'll see. I mean, to, to your point, maybe we'll see that Biden's numbers drop by five points. Republican well, numbers no, go I, up. I, I, yeah. look, look, I, I, think, I think the State of the Union is only for political nerds. And so the only reason why the only reason why I would I would push back against your idea that like, OK, you have that post poll that comes out on Sunday. And then let's say that this was the most rambling, boring nonsense that you've ever heard in your entire life from Joe Biden. I still don't think that that actually moves the needle compared to mm. now you might get a few more headlines out of it there might be more political chatter maybe people are are uh, a little bit more fixated on 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 the kamalas and peets of the world in the in the week afterward but i don't think that it really matters all all that much well, i think i think well, it does well, matter well, in terms of the the day-to-day negotiation of the debt limit but beyond 2020 but but for 2024 i don't think it matters all that much well, we should we should I, the debt limit's more interesting, so we should talk about that more. We will, we will. Uh, but uh, I think by, you know, there's a period of time, maybe like six months, where if Biden had a real problem, just takes one person to say, you know what, I gotta say, I gotta save this party. I gotta, I gotta make a bold move, 
or run against this guy. Um, right now, there's a political cost to being the first one to do that. You will be charged with disrupting the party, causing would- disunity, undermining Biden. And no one, no one wants him. No one wants to do it. No one seems to be moving towards doing it. Um, well, you would you would have you know, to leave the party, right? I mean, like at this point with Biden in the position that he is, if you were going to primary him, you would have to be ready to effectively be a pariah, and 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 you would you you'd be you'd be on the Tulsi Gabbard path. If Biden had a State of the Union address that was akin to his Jimmy Kimmy interview last year, which was terrible yeah. and made no sense at all, if it was that bad and Biden dropped 10 points, someone would jump in. <laughs> but no, it's, we're not dropping. No one's dropping 10 points on a State of the Union. That's, that's just not going to happen. Well, I- how bad, you know, bad things can get bad sometimes. You know, I'm just saying I think Biden's standing is good, but always tenuous. Um, so. Uh, there's a there's a period of time where I think Biden has to be extra, extra careful not to get into a jam that would invite someone in. And we and he's still in that window. I will say that, uh, boy. Pete Buttigieg got a lot of television time on Sunday. They are using him in in a way that you would expect the vice president to be used as the top line messenger, despite the fact that Mayor Pete is answering questions about stuff he has no purview over. Yeah, why, why, why is he's he the balloon just, guy? You know, he's, he's just a you're famous, not the balloon guy. Uh, he's a famous guy in the administration. But that that makes me, if I were to put on my tinfoil hat, I would say, boy, do they want to keep him really close. They want to make yeah. sure that that he doesn't get any ideas. No rich donor gets any ideas. Nobody has has one night where it's one too many pinos, and then all of a sudden a, a rich donor's like, "Screw it, we're starting the pack right now because I don't like something that Brandon did." Um, yes, I think they're definitely trying to keep keep him happy. Yes. And I look, I look, you know, and Kamala got two shoutouts uh, in the State of the Union, so yeah. they definitely want to tamp down that disunity talk as well. I, I I don't think she's quite the risk of the, the with with the donor class. I think I think there she she is she is more of a risk optically than she is a risk tactically, in my opinion. What well, let, let's talk debt limit though. Let's go. Uh, 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 yeah. So so where where are we right now? Right now, uh, obviously there are entrenched positions. We have no idea exactly where this finish line is. Uh, we we got a a note from Janet Yellen a few weeks ago saying that it might be sooner than uh, uh, anybody is is expecting. The, the Fed is keeping an eye on it. Kevin McCarthy has said, we're going to cut stuff. We are going to move toward a balanced budget, but we don't even want to begin fighting about Medicare or Social Security. Take those off the table immediately. The White House position has been, we are not going to negotiate. You should just pass a clean debt limit. Where are we from your perspective? You know, again, uh, the deal for McCarthy to get the gavel was never, and it wasn't written down. It's all stuff we get from informal reporting and what yeah. kind of was said behind closed doors. But apparently, it was we're gonna, you're gonna commit to passing a budget resolution that balances the budget in ten years. Yeah, uh, and that's gonna be what we work off of, and we're gonna pass individual spending bills, and we're gonna pass a debt limit that's supposed to adhere to these guidelines. You know, because a budget resolution, just really understand, is nine non-binding. It doesn't go to the president. Yeah. It's supposed to guide. Supposed to be a guide for your spending bills. Um, and we haven't done normal set of twelve separate spending bills for different departments. We've done everything sort of shoved together in what's called omnibus, omnibus. gigantic packages. <laughs> yeah, right. And some years they don't even pass a budget resolution at all. Uh, they and we, they just fly by the seat of their pants. That they, when when you hit the deadlines to keep the government open. Um, and, and and this, I will say, this is the kind of process stuff that some of the Freedom Caucus we're making a big deal about in terms of of uh, accountability and how much graft can can uh, accumulate when you do everything all at once when nobody has 5 minutes to read the bill <laughs> right now if you're going to reduce the budget you think of it think of it you got three pots of money you got so called entitlements the biggest ones being social security medicare the other things fall in that in that bucket um you got the military and you got everything else yeah, uh, the Republican Party is not united around cutting Social Security, and Medicare, even, even less so than they were, say, a month ago. Yeah, uh, 
they're no longer united around the military. Yeah. And like, and like foreign policy used to be like one of the glues that held the party together. They were the, you know, communist fighters in the Cold War. They were the terrorist fighters after 9-11. Now they're divided down the middle on Ukraine. Uh, and you and, and you have an opening amongst, you know, the America Firsters, which Trump is a leader of. Yeah, uh, that, who that, are that, far that hasn't more been the same to- since Trump, you know, partially got elected in the primary by shredding George W. Bush for the <laughs> Iraq war. I mean, like that that was that was but, that was but, the dividing bell on that. Trump is literally saying we have to stop funding Ukraine. Trump yeah. was attacking Joe Biden on giving them tanks. Polls show that Republicans are literally split down the middle when it comes yeah. to funding Ukraine. Uh, so you have more of an appetite, particularly on the House Republicans, to look at the military budget as a source of savings. Yeah. But you have Lindsey Graham in the Senate. Where and then the Senate Republicans are the ones that let Biden spend money on Ukraine. Uh, just the other day, Lindsey Graham said, on Fox News, specifically addressing House Republicans, if you send us a budget that cuts spending, I'm going to try to kill it. That's yeah. open war- warfare in the Republican Party or on foreign yeah. policy. Well, if they don't have a united position on cutting entitlements and they don't have a united position on cutting the military, you're running out of stuff to cut because the everything else pot isn't that big. It's not that big. Uh, no. So so where's Kevin McCarthy in this? He's not specifying his cuts because his party is not united around it. Do you think Kevin McCarthy wants to try to pass a budget resolution when his own party is doesn't even agree on what to put in that resolution? So you have Joe no. Biden in the State of the Union yesterday, yesterday saying, let's see your plan. They don't want to show him a plan. That would be very hard. Yes. You, they would have to they would have to air out their internal party differences to get to a plan, which would be v- potentially very debilitating if they couldn't get there. Um, so McCart- what does McCarthy say the other day? We should try to find a solution, a solution to this before we get to the dead limit. Yeah. McCarthy and I take him at his word on that. That is what he would most love to do. I think it would make sense. People, yes. People thought the Republicans, they're crazy. They want to use the debt limit threat of defaulting on our debt to make Democrats think they're crazy enough to do it. You better give them what they want. They're going to blow up the economy. McCarthy is saying, man, this is not good. We, I want to get out of this mess as soon as I possibly can. And 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 he has a moment right now when the right flank of his party is not putting the screws to him. Yeah. They're not publicly saying, you better balance this budget in 10 years. You better cut this or that. He doesn't have that pressure right now. So, again, I can't know exactly what he's saying to Biden privately, but the, the, the vibe that I'm getting is McCarthy saying to Biden, I look, we got to cut something. You got to give yeah. me something. I, I can't get a bill through the House with no cuts at all. Yeah. But they don't have to be big. They don't have to debilitate or gut anything. Just give me something. Let's get done by May. Let's get out of this thing. Yeah. Uh, and Biden is sitting here like, I don't got to concede anything at all. Yeah. Um, which is not really true because he will have to cut something. There is absolutely no way you're getting a bill through the house that cuts nothing. Uh Maybe you shouldn't preconceive that in in, public, in a public setting. I'm not yeah. saying he's wrong in saying what he said, but he has to know deep down he's going to have to get there eventually. So the question on Biden's for Biden to to answer is: Do I give McCarthy the escape hatch early and avoid a debt limit crisis? Find something we can do that's kind of mild and get it done soon, or does he say they're in a weak place? He's in a weak place. I'm going to put the screws to him. I'm going to make him sweat. Drag this out to the fall and see what I can get out of him. I believe it's the second. And and this has been the position that I thought leading up to the 2022 midterms where, where I was laying out all my different scenarios and the scenario that wound up playing out was dark Brandon's last stand for which he wants the slim majority Republican house to be the face of the Republican party. He wants them impotent. He wants them fighting. He wants them embarrassing and he wants to point to them as we lead up to the uh, election in two years and say, this is what they do when they're in charge. Do you want this? No matter who the face of it is, Trump, DeSantis, whoever, right? Uh, uh, This is what happens. This is what Republican leadership looks like 
for real, beyond the slogans. This is what happens when, when, when they get the raids. And so I don't think he has any interest or to be honest, unless he truly has this idea of being a bipartisan branded president. Well, well that, that, that is the thing. He, okay. he has two goals. He has yeah. two goals. I'm the guy who's bipartisan and makes Washington work. And those Republicans are crazy. He wants to convey both things. And the two things have some tensions with them. Yes. But, at the, but, it, but you do have to, you have to raise the debt limit. You have to get the government open. You have to get to bipar- a bipartisan place at some, some time between now and September 30th. And so it's a question of timing for him. What it to your point, maybe he wants to amp up the crazy for a while to get that imprinted on people's minds before he does the soft landing. Um, but he might say, gee, I, I, I can't guarantee I can get to the soft landing if I ramp up the crazy too much. So maybe it's better just to get out by me. I really don't know what he's gonna do. I, I I can't discern that from what it said so far. Uh, but I think McCarthy is trying to lure him into a a less anxiety inducing early deal. Yeah. I, I think McCarthy has played this. I, I think you rightly pointed out that he has danced to the middle since possibly, you know, uh, uh, selling out as much as anybody can to the right flank of his party in that extraordinarily close and harrowing and elongated speaker fight. And this right now is in Biden's court. Biden, Biden can just, dis- Biden is deciding whether or not this is going to play uh, in Kevin McCarthy's favor and in he he will play ball now. And, and right now, the guy who's baiting Republicans to yell at him does not feel like the kind of guy to me who wants to make mm-hmm. the big bipartisan mm-hmm. look Washington works when Joe Biden's in charge gesture. I don't know off the top of my head or, or if it's been announced yet. You know, at, at some point soon. The White House produces a budget. Yeah. Uh, and that is going to be, in effect, what Biden's negotiating position is. Uh, so again, in the State of the Union, there were no spending cuts in the State of the Union. Maybe there is some in the budget. I have no idea yet. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Um, but as Biden indicated in the speech, I'm going to have my plan. Let's see your plan. Yes. Uh, and so, that, that, that's been their line. Show me your budget and I'll show right. you mine. So. the. I think the initial burden is going to be on McCarthy to decide, oh, man, do I really got to do a budget resolution? I really got to get this through the House and negotiate this before the next step? Or can I just do my own thing? Can I just put my own negotiating offer on the table? Yeah. Reacting to the president's budget and avoid that mess. He has to make that decision. I mean, Biden's got budget decisions to make before he releases his budget. McCarthy has to make that strategic decision, and then and then where the dance goes from there, we don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for supporting this program. Got some great feedback on the Florida episode on Wednesday. Hopefully you guys like this episode. I gotta say, I feel free on a level that I have not felt with this program in years. So thank you guys. Based on your feedback, based on your listenership, based on your Patreon, it very much uh, seems as if you guys are enjoying it as well. And I I, uh, am very ingratiated to hear that. If you would like to get on the Patreon, now's the time to do it, baby. We got news coming out, including we're going to have a little bit more on our Thursday episode about uh, all the fallout from the State of the Union, primary talk, maybe some Chinese spy balloon. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know if we'll have time. The only way to do that is to head on over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Go ahead and sign up at the $3 level. $3 level gets you two bonus episodes each and every week, one on a Monday morning. Start your week with what DC wants you to talk about for the rest of the week. That's what those Sunday shows are. And that's what we break down for the Monday episode is the clips that are coming out of the Sunday shows. It tells you what, if they had their druthers, what the hive mind of the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, and the media would prefer that you be talking about because it'd be easier for them. Then, of course, Thursday is our late edition. That's where we discuss all the latest news of the week that we don't get 
into our uh, episodes that are produced throughout the week that come out on Wednesday and Friday, but we do the bulk of our production on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So Thursday is, you know, that's late, late breaking news. And this week it was from an undisclosed island location. I'm like a, like a bond villain. It's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. But takepoliticsseriously.com. That's where you need to go. Three bucks, three bucks per week. You know, it's like a coffee. Three dollar coffee. They, they're expensive these days. I mean, it would be a, a three dollar coffee would definitely be a coffee in a hip place where the barista looks like Scarlett Johansson with a nose gauge. That's but at, if you're gonna have Scarlett Johansson with a gigantic plate in her nose, you know, to, to give you a coffee, it's gonna cost three dollars. And that's really all I ask from you is uh is give me that and I'll give you two bonus episodes. I feel like that's a pretty good deal. I don't know over there right now. Thank you to everybody who has already supported us. Takepoliticsseriously.com. All right. Uh, uh, real quick, let's let's get a a, a a 2024 update. I think we are we are in agreement that uh, the the primary talk has has maybe if not totally subsided, then fizzled on mm-hmm. on the uh, Democratic side, the Republican side. Can, can I ask you this? There's this meme going around that everybody's just kind of repeating as fact that the Republican primary is slow uh, to materialize. When the front runner got in two months ago, and if you look at the list of people <laughs> that have won the nomination, so if you're basing your campaign on people that have actually won the nomination, the vast majority start in April or June, if not August, historically. Well, so there, 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 there is a, I mean, well, historically, historically things happened later in the process. If you're going, you're going back, you know, a few decades. No, I'm talking about the last few cycles. The, I mean, the people that win don't get in until April or June. I think Obama. Obama was the earliest. Obama it. was the earliest. Obama was about yes. early, and Hillary and Hillary was early too. Like like that race. I mean, when you have a, a situation where you're the out party, Hillary Hillary um, was April too. Hillary was April too. In in 2000. Yeah. Seven or 2015. Oh, wait. I think I only got the 2015 one. Yeah, 2015. Mm-hmm. She was April. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 2007 was earlier. Yeah. Because I based it on people who actually won the nomination. So, yes, the time right, that she lost right. the nomination, she she might have gone earlier. Right. But the whole 2008 process started early. You know, Bush was 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 term, term limited. Democrats were raring to go and they went. Um, yeah. And in 20. 15, you had at least Jeb Bush and Scott Walker starting their PACs, which yes. were de facto exploratory committees. And Mike Huckabee quit his Fox News show. We didn't announce right away, but that was a clear indicator where things were going. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Trump announced later, he was sort of late in the process. He, that Trump Tower speech was June. I think he did an exploratory committee a couple months prior to that. He did. Um, yeah. No, he so, was, he announced right before that August, um, that first Cleveland uh, Fox News debate. Um, so you have a candidate who announced in November. Yeah. Which is super the earliest. Early, right. And then to have this lull after it. Like usually when the first person goes, then they all go. They don't want to give that first guy a lot of running room. Sure, but also this was hilariously early. <laughs> well, yes, but th- th- there's lots of unprecedented aspects to this primary. We have never, never, ever, ever had a former president run in a primary in the modern primary era. Yes, um, true. You know, we've only had primaries since 1972, as we know them in 1972, after the McGovern Commission reforms. Uh, you know, you know, Grover Cleveland ran, you know, after he lost, but there wasn't, there wasn't a primary different, situation different back world. then. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, so we haven't had that dynamic before. Uh, and we haven't had, and, and Trump is a figure who is divisive within his party. 
Uh, so there's he, he's he he's not winning polls by you know, 80 20. He's getting, you know, around 40 or so, generally speaking, when you got multi candidate fields. Uh, and then to have every other person thinking about running who, who have think people have done things. They've traveled to Iowa. They've traveled to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. They publish books. Those people are not following suit right away, which we all know has been reported because they were afraid. They're, it's not just like, oh, I was planning to do the spring anyway, and I'm not going to tr- change well, my time. Hold table. on, hold on. They're afraid yes, of, I, they do, do not want to be Trump's whipping boy or girl. They are afraid of Trump. They also have more than a year before Iowa, <laughs> which means that it's a lot of money to run a campaign from now well, until the- then. And 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 you are you are putting yourself in danger of, for money reasons, flaming out. Uh, 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 way before Trump has a first mover advantage. It's probably the reason why he, he he announced so early, except for, you know, God, whatever pops into his head. Right. But I, I, I don't blame anybody, especially even the, the, the long shot folks like Haley and Pompeo and everything that, that no, don't, there's no reason I, I, to I, do it I, right I, after I, Trump. I, yeah. I think waiting is bad for them. I think it's straight up bad for them. Uh, you got to spend money to make money. You, you make a ton of money when you announce when you get press coverage, uh, if everyone else is scared, you should jump in and get some gosh darn press coverage. I do agree with you because to me, the actual delta of this race is not when Trump announces. It's how much time do you have between Trump having announced and DeSantis having announced? Well, and, exactly. And look, yeah. and I, I will cut to, like DeSantis and any sitting governor, DeSantis, Glenn Youngkin. Kirsty Noem, uh, Brian Kemp, Chris Sununu, they're, they have jobs. They have actual yes. jobs. Yeah. <laughs> they they want to notch some wins in their legislative sessions before they announce. That, that's that's and, legit and, and, to and wait for, till and, the- and for, and for DeSantis, if we're judging this legislative session in Florida, like last year's legislati- uh, legislative session, this is the best campaigning he can do is, yeah. to, is to do that. Yeah. Right. So I, I totally fair for them to wait and do their jobs and be shown to be seen doing their jobs. Uh, and DeSantis in particular, he's already, he's sitting on a pile of money. He's got a fantastic donor network. He doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about raising money whenever he gets in. Everybody else there's a whole bunch of formers out there, former governors, former Trump administration officials. You got at this point, maybe three Sanders running, if that the Senate. The sitting center field is pretty weak right now. A lot of them have already bowed out. Rick Scott, Tom Cotton, um, uh, one of them I'm forgetting. Um, Hawley, he they said they say he's not running. Um, you know, Rubio, Cruz seem kind of hesitant. Maybe Tim Scott's going to do it. He's uh, but that's that's and t- Tim Scott's got a good fundraising network, so he he can yep. wait in that respect. Um, but. These folks, if you're in the Senate right now, you're not very busy. There's not a lot going on in the Senate. You 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 could go do some travel and not and not worry about you know, being delinquent in your job. They should be taking this low period to draw attention to themselves. If Trump takes a t- t- throws a punch at you, good. You should want that heat. You should want that coverage. You need to show donors that you can yeah. take that punch. If you're running yeah. scared and you're waiting for DeSantis, you're gonna get squeezed out. I mean, the, the, I, the only chance for anybody to to make to, if it's not going to be Trump or DeSantis, it's going to be because the two of them beat the crap out of each other and decimate each other. It's a, you know, it's a murder suicide and it creates an opening for somebody else. But if you're dead broke and you've done nothing to, between now and then, you're not going to be the person in a position to take advantage of that moment. You need to start now. And maybe Nikki Haley can be that person. I'm not super high on her, but at least she's probably going to do it and show some show some spine. Yeah, we are, I guess, a week away from her announcement, mm-hmm. allegedly on February 15th. Right. Reporting is to be uh, believed. I think we are in agreement that DeSantis and Trump are the prohibitive favorites right now for for that nomination. If you were to pick somebody that is not named Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, who would you pick? I mean, I, I'm seriously underwhelmed by that whole that whole field. Um, you know, it's probably it, it's it's very top heavy. Uh, probably a governor, probably Yunkin or Kemp. I'd probably say has the best shot of running up the middle. Maybe Tim Scott, though I'm not quite sure. He's really up. He, he's 
be a little too genial. I don't know if you really, really handle the scrum, quite frankly. Um, but again, there's there's a lot of untested talent out there. We do, we don't know any of these people will look in in a live fire situation. Um, so you know, people who look really good at the front end of 2016, like Chris Christie or Scott Walker, you know, or Marco Rubio, fills out real bad once the rubber hit the road. Uh, yeah. So. So it, well, there was, I, all, there was also I, a, a chainsaw in the bathtub that nobody was really expecting in, in 2016. Right, right. But, but you know Trump is you know who Trump is right now. You yeah. should know what you're getting into, be prepared for it, welcome it, and and try to beat him, not try to duck yes. him. You, you can't you can't duck Trump. He does not let you no. run into the corner. Like you can't play dodgeball where like you hide in the back and then everybody else get hit with the dodgeball before and you're the last one left standing. It does not work that way with Donald Trump. You gotta take him on. What do you make of uh, you know Trump yesterday or as we're recording this uh, on on Tuesday, posting on Truth Social uh, uh, alleged pictures uh, uh, that <laughs> that used to circulate on the left of Ron DeSantis <laughs> as a teacher. Uh, uh, allegedly drinking with students when he was a, a public school teacher or, or a teacher after uh, college. Uh, I, I'm counting down the days until he's, uh, you know, uh, uh, posting Rebecca Jones uh, information about how he cooked the books during COVID. <laughs> well, this is the exact point. Like Trump is utterly shameless. Nothing is off limits. It doesn't matter how accurate it is. He's going to he's going to throw it at you. Uh, and here's why I don't know. Does Trump look lame flailing at Ron DeSantis while DeSantis is ignoring him and going about his business? Yeah. Or is Trump taking advantage of a lull period to lay down a negative narrative about DeSantis? So when DeSantis does announce he's not coming in as the savior, he's already got a bunch of baggage that Trump is, is tied around his neck. Um, so I can't answer that just yet. But you got to worry about it if you're Ron DeSantis. You got to worry that you have never gone through the Trump treatment before you've never had an experience with this before and you don't know how it's going to feel until you're in it. Um, and so he, his team should better be doing their own oppo research. What could Trump possibly throw at me and prepare for I mean, the, because the biggest, the biggest, the biggest thing is, is the biggest thing is his Medicare and social security stuff. You know, that, that would be, I mean, that's, that's what people are going to hit him with. In the general, if he makes it there, I think that eventually is what Trump's going to get to. I think it also fits in the narrative with Trump saying, keep Social Security and Medicare off the table to Kevin McCarthy. You know, back when Ron DeSantis was a representative, he was in that uh, uh, Paul Ryan camp of of entitlement reform. And I think that's that's what he is eventually going to get hit with. Uh, right now, but Trump, but Trump, it's, it, but it, it's, Trump. it's amateur hour with Trump. The, 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 the nicknames, the nicknames bad. Ronda Sanctimonious <laughs> is just a bad, a bad nickname. And, and I put on, I did an episode last week where to me, the easiest thing for Trump is just to take full credit for Ron DeSantis. Just say, you want to know what? I'm glad he's, he's done nothing but take every leadership cue that I have given him. It, it, uh, he might even run for president like his dear old dad. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll t I think he'll do a great job when he's more mature. Uh, uh, but, but uh, everything he did in Florida, that was me. Everything that he's done uh, uh, up, up till now, that was all me. Uh, I am responsible for it and, mm. and move on. Call him junior. I mean, objectively speaking, Ronda Sanctimonious has not caught on. It no. has not done damage to DeSantis's numbers. So I can't look at it and say, you know, Trump, you know, there's there's Trump's magical over again. Uh, but Trump does have a very strong track record of tearing people down. That is one of his great skills. Uh, and and I, I agree he's gonna get he's he's gonna have some issue-based attacks like with Social Security and Medicare. But Trump's strength is not issue-based attacks, it's personal attacks. He he has been very good at sort of finding something about your persona, your character, true or not, but feels right, that throws you off. I mean, low energy, just like, you have to know what yeah. to do with that. Like, it never occurred to him that someone ever accused him of such a thing. And and it's just, it's disorienting to be attacked that way. Uh, let's just say... Pointing out the, the the picture of DeSantis, you know, drinking with with the with the beer cup. Uh, is Trump going to lay down a narrative that that Ron DeSantis kind of a creepy dude? 
you know, you can't just tell it's kind of creepy. Does he seem kind of creepy to you? I mean, does that have to even like be about a sub- substantive thing? Uh, just that sort of sense that he just seems like not a normal guy. Can Trump make that kind of thing stick? That means you should go, yeah, I don't know about that guy. Uh, how do you even respond to that? How do you, it, it, you know, it's it's a classic. Like, how do you say, well, no, I'm not creepy. <laughs> no, I'm not someone yeah. who parties with underage girls. <laughs> um, that's what you got to worry about. I mean, and I, and I wish I could, Tell you what the secret is to defending that is. I don't really know if there is something, but well, that and, is what I, Trump has been very skilled at doing. I think that to your point that you you do not avoid Trump to get this nomination. You defeat Trump. You you take Trump's head and make it your trophy. And that is what gets you the nomination. I am very curious to see this this DeSantis machine. If you've watched what's happened so far. Trump has gotten his hands dirty personally, granted on his website where 11 people have accounts. Uh, but not only has DeSantis's main operation not even engaged at all, his surrogates have engaged. You have some of the foot soldiers mm-hmm. going back and forth. But the moment that I will say, OK, this is what the DeSantis playbook is is when christina peshaw who is his his terrier uh, desantis is social media warrior yeah like when she starts going in on trump which will happen like that's that's when this that's when this gets for real is when (laughs) she starts going in on it because that's part of his machine is i don't get involved on social media i get involved in front of the camera I will say the mm-hmm. clip that goes viral on social media, mm-hmm. but I don't do the back and forth hand fighting. I've got people that do the back and forth hand fighting. So when when she gets involved, that's when I, I think we're going to see. But uh, you make a good point. If creepy Ron becomes the uh, uh, the the, the yeah, nickname, yeah. see that's good. That's good. That's creepy Ron is good. <laughs> yeah, creepy yes. Ron is really good. If creepy <laughs> Ron becomes a thing, and that. Bates DeSantis and his team to say, okay, we need to push back on it. Then it'll be, it'll be interesting. But right now, I don't know. I mean, like, like the, the, the stuff yesterday didn't really get the traction. Uh, uh, the fact that the right wing media sphere is kind of split. Uh, on- I, 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 I've, I've talked to you today. I do my regular DMZ podcast with Matt Lewis. You both brought up the DeSantis picture. So someone saw it. Well, someone noticed yes, it. But also like this is, you know, I'm uh, where we're, <laughs> we have to fill time. So, I mean, I guess uh, in, in, in that case, <laughs> that, yes, this, this uh, is where it starts. It's where it starts. It starts with the people who are super guess, wired guess, in and it ripples out. I, this is not new, I guess, is my is my point. And this was stuff that came up when The New York Times did their uh, uh, did, did their expose of, of DeSantis's years between uh, college and his his uh, political career. Maybe it'll catch now. Maybe maybe there's the it's enough with the right crowd, because before it was circulating on the left circles, it was circulating on the anti Ron DeSantis as, you know, across the aisle stuff. So maybe, maybe this does have can, life can on the Trump- other side. Can Trump find somebody or a reporter find somebody who was at that party? Then it's a fresh news story. Uh, I mean, I think that I can't remember what the reporting on the Times stuff was. I the, the, I, the Times I, might talk to some people, but, but someone who goes on TV and gives a personal account of that party is a whole nother level. If that is the case, and now we are fully looking into the 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 personal world of uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, I will say that is a position he does not want to be in because what what he wants is everybody to look at his, you know, uh, 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 you know, toddling children and a uh, uh, beautiful cancer surviving wife that that is the for whatever you can say about Ron DeSantis not being the warm uh, uh, political figure that uh, uh, I think some might uh, uh, envision him or want him to be. He isn't. Uh, that is what makes uh, that that is what what humanizes him. And so if we're not talking about him right now as a family man and we're talking about him as some, you know, uh, a 20 something booze hound uh, uh, young ladies man, then that would be that would be good for Trump. I can easily envision Trump finding somebody at that party. And seeing that person in the front row of the first Republican presidential primary debate, look at you throwing daggers at Ron DeSantis. That is a classic Trump move. But, you know, I wonder 
in this media ecosystem is sorry. So let's say one of those women in that uh, picture that was taken in the early aughts or whatever, uh, that she is now a diehard MAGA person and she loves President Trump and she and she despises Ron DeSantis and she wants to be a a huge never stop talking about it surrogate. Where does she go right now? Is it Newsmax? Is it One America? The, the, the world your oyster. It does, it does not matter. Some network. Legit or not legit would take would do that interview. That clip would go viral. Somebody Trump will would get in touch with her and find a way to use her in his campaign. Well, if it happens, then you heard it here first. Uh, Bill Share, <laughs> which, which we have not mentioned, the new politics editor for Washington Monthly. Uh, congratulations on thank you very much this position. You've already done great work there. I know you're going to continue to do great work. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to get out there? Uh, just check out the monthly as much as you can. WashingtonMonthly.com. Lots of web content. Still doing print issues, old school. Uh, and uh, that's where you'll find most of my work these days. So is that, yeah, is that your your, your now exclusive home? Uh, or are you still freelancing around? I'm, or is I'm, this... I, I, I still, I, I have the leeway to do freelancing when time permits, but I will be very busy with my Washington Monthly duties. So that's it. Washington Monthly, everybody go ahead and get on the team. Thanks a lot, buddy. My pleasure. Oh, actually, hold on. One more thing. We're going to mention during this program some back and forth, or we did mention in this program, some back and forth between Biden and the Republicans during the State of the Union. And Mr. Bill Scher pointed out that Rick Scott's rogue idea about sunsetting all federal programs every five years is the reason why Biden picked that fight. Well, Rick Scott has the following ad up in Florida. We're going to play it right now. Joe Biden just cut $280 billion from Medicare, and we know about his 80,000 new IRS agents. But what you don't know is that Joe Biden also cheated on his taxes and got away with it. Biden improperly used a loophole to dodge half a million dollars in taxes that should have gone to Medicare. And now that Biden has ripped off Medicare for a half a million dollars, he wants to close the loophole and raise your taxes. I'm Rick Scott. Biden should resign. I approve this message. I guess Rick Scott is running against Joe Biden in Florida. I mean, Rick Scott is up for Senate in 24, but who boy. All right, there we go. Let's get back to the program. And that'll be it for us today. Politics, 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 written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. Our show was edited by Mr. Brett Stewart. If you would like to say thank you to Bill Share, just go to px3guest.com. Of course, you can email us, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Any kind of feedback that you'd like to give me? At px3tweets if you want to tweet the show. At Justin R. Young if you want to tweet me. Twitch is where you can see me live, px3live.com. Go ahead and follow me on there. Follows are free. You can share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy, px3podcast.com. Of course, you can support me, paypal.me slash payjury. Our Venmo is justin-young-20. Venmo money isn't real. Prove it by sending me a dollar right now. px3cash is my cash app. You can send anything you'd like to me physically in the mail. P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 787 one five. Of course, you can always get bonus content at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. And the $10 tier, get your name right at the end of the show like these fine folks in the tie. Got it. $10 tier. Dustin, Jason, Andres, C. Garcia, El Basso, John, Matt, Craig Potts, MC Dradio, Unsafe DB Levels, Katie, Amanda, Ye Old Pinball Shop, DP4 Bongo, Kneemeister, Catherine, Todd, persons familiar with the matter, and vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Edison, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris, Arslandium, Bluefront, and the Lenina, DL, Stephen, Chad, Nomadic, Terran, Molly's Dashing Debut, Miranda, Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul, is awesome. 
Brad Richard, just another pilot, middle-aged Mike who loves Frank got abducted, Utah Jimmy Montana, the Gen, A-L-D-L-D-L-D. Really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua. If you'd like your name read on this show, only one place to, to go to do it. Take politics seriously. Com. Hopefully you guys have a good weekend. I will be somewhere in the Caribbean having a good time. It's the wife's birthday. It's my friend Darren's birthday. We're gonna have we're gonna have a good time. But we'll be back by Super Bowl Sunday, and I'll be ready to rock and roll another episode of this program with you guys. This is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dares discuss. Oh, Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.